Okay, listen, man. So I'm going to be closing the office uh, after tonight because we're not going to be doing anything until the new year. Yeah, this is the this is the last kick at the can until 2021. But listen, while while we have a while we have a break, you got to kind of clean things up because I'm I was just looking at the graffiti here. I got Mega Trump 2020. I got uh, Antifa terrorists and stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, the whole, I mean, that whole thing is like, the whole thing is over, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, the, the electoral college has spoken, right? Yeah. All right. So kind of clean this stuff up for, uh, for 2021. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, happy, uh, happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Bye. Oh boy. You know, uh, it's going to be a while, but we'll get things sorted out. And welcome, by the way, to our like the red sweater thing. This is, uh, I know we're not at Christmas yet, and we had Santa over the weekend, but this is my uh, little uh, Christmas sweater. It's not flashy, but it's, uh, it's red. Uh, episode 27, also the very last episode of uh, 2020 of the 411. And man, it's been a great year, and I want to thank you all for being here over the last 27 plus episodes. We want to thank uh, Gales Gas Bars Limited for fueling this program and supporting us always. We stream for powering this thing and putting the whole thing on. Uh, Nick at Niagara 411 and all of you uh, contributors here to the 411. Uh, the Fiddler's uh, Poor House, Dave McParian and uh, all of his staff and people that have been just so great to host us. We're gonna go inside. We have some spectacular people coming up on the program tonight, including a newly made Niagara hero coming up at eight o'clock tonight. So don't go away, stay with us. Fabulous story, come on in. Okay, uh, here we go. December 17th. 2020, uh, our last show of this year, and I know everybody is really looking forward to being rid of 2020. Um, everybody just wants to be rid of it, and uh, I don't blame you. We're all the same, and uh, but we've got a, I wouldn't call it a blockbuster. I mean, Tom Cruise does blockbusters, but we have... Uh, I think a, a really nice way to send you into the Yuletide season as our final show here on uh, the 411. And as I mentioned, uh, Gales Gas Bars, We Stream, Niagara 411, Fiddler's Poorhouse, uh, everybody that has supported us and uh, been so great with us uh, over the last uh, number of months. This has really been cool. It's been groundbreaking, and we have bigger and better things to come, by the way, in 2021. Um, Kevin, Jack, and myself. Uh, Kevin, of course, is the executive producer of this program, uh, and uh, his company, WeStream, puts this thing together technologically. There's Kev. Kevin. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. It's been Merry a, Christmas to, uh, been you a and pleasure, yours. and uh, this is not going to be a back-padding episode. Uh, it's not going to be just one of those... Uh, uh, fluffy things. We have some pretty interesting people coming up here, but there is a bit of fluffy thing uh, that I want to do off the top. By fluffy, I mean really, really nice. And last week at this time, we were promoting a show uh, and an event 
called Live with Santa that was going to be coming up on uh, the Sunday, which is this past Sunday. And Santa was just absolutely fabulous in his, uh, in his support of us putting this thing together. We stream uh, went to, to Santa's uh, place and, and put up a wonderful set for, for Santa to appear in. And uh, man, uh, I have to say, Kevin, uh, I watched that show, and I was—you uh, know—I mean, you didn't need me there, so—but uh, I was watching online like everybody else. And I have to tell you, uh, I just thought it was a wonderful way to reach out to the children of Niagara because Santa was on his game. He was just absolutely thrilling. And the way you guys put this thing together, uh, kudos for me to you. We didn't plan on talking about this, but I wanted to do this off the top of the show. Uh, and there is a, the, the wonderful, the wonderful spot at Santa's workshop and in his uh, in his place at the North Pole, where the kids had a chance to talk to him. And uh, man, that was just—I watched. I had tears in my eyes watching this. I just thought it was, uh, especially in this 2020. Uh, COVID era of the holidays. I just thought it was spectacular. Well, thank you very much, Lee. And as I mentioned, we love giving back your WeStream. Unfortunately, our company, we're not at the point that we can just start writing checks. So we do what we can do. We support yeah. Momentum Choir here around Niagara. We supported them for years. This was something that we could do to give back to the people. want to thank all of the families that sat there throughout yeah. the broadcast on, on Sunday morning, the families that participated, the families that just sat back and enjoyed over 20,000 views, thanks to everybody that was involved. And, and, uh, and we, know, we, we, we know that, unfortunately, there were some people in the waiting line that didn't have an opportunity to get there, but there were just so many kiddies around Niagara that wanted to talk to Santa that we knew, we absolutely knew, uh, when when this initiative was started, that there would be a long queue, and um, there would maybe be some people that didn't get a chance to, to get in, and uh, and that's unfortunate. But uh, it's on on the plus side, it was popular enough that we got a chance to talk to a lot of kids, uh, or Santa got a chance to talk to a lot of kids. I say we, I had nothing to do with it. Um, but uh, anyway, no, but thank, uh, thank you, Leah. It was wildly successful. Yeah. Thank you very much to Santa. Well done. And I look forward to doing it again next year. I think it's going to be a staple in that. Yeah, well done. Uh, now, uh, just before we went on the air, we uh, had a look in to see there was a power outage in Thorold. Do we have any update on that? Now, we're going to do COVID for sure, as Kevin just put those those figures up. But we were talking about the fact that if there's a power outage in Thorold, we'll keep on, uh, if it's still there, We'll keep on top of that, and if we get any new news about that, we'll let you guys know, all right? Um, now, uh, COVID-19, of course, is on everybody's lips and minds because we have no, what's gonna, we have no idea what's going to be announced tonight or what's going to be announced tomorrow as far as Niagara because we are in dire straits with regard to these uh, infections. New cases uh, today. 44. That's one of the higher ones. Uh, they've been higher over the past week, but we've been sitting here week after week after week talking about 10, 11, uh, 7, 9. We're at 44 uh, today. And there have been six, they've been in the 60s over the last few days, then down to the 30s, then back up to the 60s. The growth rate, 1.6%, that's been higher than anything we've seen in a while. They've been like 0.2 and 0.3 over the last number of weeks. New cases yesterday, higher than today, 52. So we are not, um, this is not a game uh, anymore, if you ever thought it was. It is not. 
a game. We are awaiting, even as we speak, like right now, it is uh, nine minutes after 7, 7, 10, as you see uh, up here on the, uh, uh, on the time check ab above you. So even as we speak, we are awaiting a potential announcement tonight that Niagara region will be going into a complete lockdown. Now that's beyond a red zone. That is a complete lockdown. Dr. Herji, the Niagara region acting medical officer of health, has, and I say acting because that's his official title, uh, has said it may take more than a red zone that might be announced. And he expects the red zone to be announced for Niagara by the Premier of Ontario tomorrow. He expects that to happen tomorrow. We should also expect that to happen tomorrow. But before tomorrow, as we've learned, uh, these medical officers of health for regions, they can do whatever they, uh, they please. If they want to uh, declare it's Armageddon, they declare it's Armageddon. It's, it's a kind of a free-for-all. They have ultimate power. So if he actually says, hey, we're going into lockdown regardless of what the province says, that's what we're going to do. And whether you agree with it or not, that's a pretty drastic thing. And Herji said that, excuse me, Dr. Herji, to be polite, said that it is quite possible that we could go into a lockdown even prior to the province's announcement that we go into a red zone declaration here in Niagara. And uh, we're away, that could even, that could happen while we're on the air tonight. Uh, so, uh, and if it does, we will definitely let you know. Now, the first thing I want to uh, do right now is to highlight for you, coming up at 8 o'clock, the story of the day here in Niagara. Um, there was a, a rescue out of 12 Mile Creek uh, in uh, St. Catharines today. And uh, that was the 12 Mile Creek area that happened under the bridge that connects Welland Avenue with um, uh, 4th Avenue in St. Catharines. Uh, a young woman was rescued from the creek after she uh, decided to go off the bridge into the creek. There was a gentleman in town from Hamilton and he was bringing his son here for a medical appointment and he had some time to kill so he was driving around uh, the area and he saw this young woman on the bridge and thought maybe he should do something about it or maybe he should investigate a little further. He did uh, and there was also uh, an off-duty firefighter that kind of saw and did similar things and took similar action and uh, the end of the story is the fact that luckily the woman was rescued. Now what I've just given you is the tip of the iceberg. I have not given you the entire story because we have uh, heroics off the charts that took place today in Niagara and we're going to introduce you to this gentleman and he's been very reluctant by the way. He is a reluctant hero uh, and I, people don't like to be called heroes when they just do what they do and uh, he was just in that place at that time and um, I don't want to put too fine a point on it except for the fact that uh, this gentleman is going to be, his name is Jeremy and he's going to be joining us at about 8 o'clock tonight to tell us the story in detail about what happened today at that water rescue that occurred this morning in the 12 Mile Creek area of St. Catharines. One person rescued from the water by emergency personnel and the person, Jeremy, that we're going to be speaking with 
at uh, around eight o'clock tonight was a key player in that story that took place. And again, uh, he is a reluctant participant in the show because um, he, he doesn't want to be made a big thing of, and we're not going to make a big thing of him, but I think the story is important, and we'll welcome Jeremy to the program and uh, hear what he has to say and uh, let him run the story down for us about 8 o'clock tonight. Now, Lee, if people are interested, about 9, 10, 9, 15 this morning, I was on my way after dropping the kids off at school to yeah. the Stream office downtown St. Catharines, and I saw emergency vehicles uh, converging, first on the bridge at 4th Ave, and then down by the trail of Wellenville along the banks of 12 Mile Creek. Yeah. And that's what I thought to myself is, oh gosh, somebody's, somebody's jumped in the water. And at that time, I had no idea how it would end. I had a conversation this afternoon with Jeremy, and he was, uh, he was pretty broken up. I mean, he was emotionally impacted by the situation that he found himself in the middle of. Um, and he put himself in the middle. He chose to be a hero. Uh, he, he chose to, to get himself involved and see what he could do. And at 8 o'clock, again, I, I'm interested to hear his firsthand account of how he, alongside an off-duty firefighter, the off-duty firefighter, for what it's worth, jumped in the water. I mean, how heroic is that? So I know all the details are coming up at 8 o'clock, but yeah. just wanted to add a little more spice to it. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, actually, that's uh, that accented my interest in the story because when I was scrolling all of Nick's postings on 411 today and I saw that and I saw you actually comment on that posting that you had uh, been in that area and saw the emergency vehicles and uh, then of course in the interest of full disclosure I when we talked in the afternoon I said hey Kevin you were there what's the you know what was what was the deal when you were there and then uh, he told me that he'd been in contact with Jeremy and I the thought well that's that's wonderful uh, because we'll uh, and we don't want to exploit people we don't want to like often people say well you know the, the news organizations you, you always exploit people for what exploitation is not part of this uh, it's just human stories that happen in Niagara that we're interested in and this is uh, one that had a fabulous ending and uh, we'll tell you that story after 8 o'clock tonight. You may remember a number of weeks ago, we spoke with a fellow by the name of Shandor Leggett-Falby. Shandor, uh, you see him there, and he is in a shopper's drug mart, and he's peeling up uh, sections of insignias that were designed to keep people socially distant during the pandemic okay so uh, and we chatted with him a number of weeks ago because he was also part uh, or is part of an organization called hugs over masks I believe that's what it was called and um, got his perspective on this whole mask versus non-mask anti-mask versus mask thing well uh, over this past week Shandor uh, posted uh, thing on Facebook saying that uh, he was going to be going into court. He said uh, on his post, my court date for the mask bylaw is tomorrow. This is going back a few days. The fine will be up to $1,000 for not wearing a mask during the sticker scraping incident at Shoppers Drug Mart on August 3rd. To my knowledge, I am the only person in Niagara thus far to be fine. So then uh, is, then there was a posting with an upset the 
the court date had been postponed to January the 25th, and there's been an update since then. So um, while this was up there, I decided that we'd reach out to Shender, get an update on his situation, and I think we have him in the waiting room. There he is. Uh, Shender, am, am, am I doing your name justice? Better than I've ever heard it said. Okay, mate. All right. So... Now, in spite of the thanks fact thanks for having me, Lee. Uh, you're you're welcome. Thanks for coming on. Now, in spite of the fact that you and I have sort of diametrically opposed views on this this mask thing, uh, yeah, you're fired up tonight. I heard I heard you earlier. No, that's okay. Far be, far be it for me to to not want opposing views. So your story uh, has exposed and uh, has expanded, and it's interesting. Even since you and I spoke, so yeah, you were charged with. Uh, a couple of things, right? That's correct. That's correct. What yes. were you, what were you actually, what, as a result of the sticker scraping thing? What were you actually charged with? Uh, I was uh, charged with mischief, and I was charged uh, under the mass bylaw, uh, which would be called a, a fine, right? Which isn't a charge technically. What was the what was the mischief charge based on? Clarify, or like I know these are all legalese things, but what was the mischief well, thing? I mean, you saw the video. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah, I mean, I went into the store with a sticker scraper, straight up sticker, um, and was chased around the store and then exited the store. And, and by the time I got halfway down the block, the cruiser pulled up, an officer arrested me. Um, I sat in the cruiser, they inter interviewed me and interrogated me and found out why I did such a thing. And then uh, decided among themselves what to do. Oh, yeah. and determined that a mischief charge was what they would give me and the mask fine. Uh, which they had to they had to look it up they'd never find anyone before okay. and i think since uh they haven't find an individual for the mask bylaw violations i'm okay. the special one so thanks for having me the right. uh anti-masker christmas special <laughs> merry christmas to you both um okay let's so. let's let's get it all out of the way so i heard you earlier you're, you're feeling a little frustrated about the red zone or the gray zone my goodness well i don't know that i'm frustrated by it uh well, i guess we all are frustrated by it i mean that that's sort of a given but let me come back to your situation so then today uh, just as i was planning to do this program there was an announcement that the mischief charge had been withdrawn. That's correct. Okay. Now, was that so something... So, you have fortuitous timing. I'm in the news today. So, you've got a newsmaker. I got a newsmaker, here. yeah. So, uh, so the, the mischief charge being withdrawn. Now, do you have a lawyer representing you in this case? No. No? It's just you? I mean... Uh, that's correct. Yeah, there's. It, 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 I think. I mean, my speculation is that it's really more trouble than it's worth for them to. to like, what kind of what kind of charges could they? What would happen? Right. Uh, no one was hurt. I peeled up stickers. I'm I'm within my right mind because I did it in a calculated way. So they didn't really have anything that was worth their time, in my view. Okay, I'm going to come back to that in a second, but first I want to go to the charge that is still sticking. The not wearing a mask under the 
restrictions that were in place at the time. So what is going to be happening next? What are the next steps with this part of it as far as uh, the legal proceedings are concerned? Well, uh, I'll receive my disclosure of uh, evidence, which yeah. um, they mentioned in the last. So I did have an, a court date this week. Okay. I'll receive my yeah. disclosure and I'll go through it. And uh, I have a good sense that it's not going to it's not going to stick. Um, mostly because of the way the bylaws written has exemption written directly into it. Right. I mentioned the exemption to the officer before receiving the fine. He asked me. He asked me to specify what my exemption was, what my medical condition was. Yeah. Which, which is, is which is what not allowed. And so, given all that, uh, they're going to be like, ah. Do you have a and, and and so the and so the the local pro maskers are going to just continue to be infuriated that I haven't received justice yet. All right. When are they going to finally get these anti-maskers? All right. All Thank right. Goodness. All right. All right. Hang on a second. So when I didn't quite, I wasn't quite clear on when they asked you what your medical, your potential medical exemption is or was. Do you have an actual medical exemption yourself? Well, that depends on what your definition of the term "actual" is. Okay. Well, we've, you we've tell been me. Been through you this discourse. What, you tell me what before. your. You tell me if you think you have one, and if you have yes. one, what is it? No. Well, the second part. Is is private. This is the whole rigmarole okay. of the of the mandatory mask situation. Okay, understood. According to the according to the way the the bylaws written, including including the provincial legislation, there right. are exemptions. Right. And according to the language of the exemptions, any person any person applies as an exemption, just so as much as they deem themselves as exempt. Right. Do you? I mean, do you yeah. want me to go to a doctor in order? To, you said the word "actual." So does that mean a doctor said? So this, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching it. Yeah, I get it. I'm approaching yeah. it rhetorically because. Yeah. This is I, this isn't about me. I didn't do this because of me. I'm a grown ass man, and I can hustle around the world. Yeah. Uh, no, and I, not really worry about it. So, I totally, I totally understand it. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, so we're talking. We're, we're talking about things that, and, and you're you're correct in the fact that if you're not wearing a mask, uh, and even at this, even at the time that you did this, if somebody was not wearing a mask, uh, and they were doing so for a personal health uh, or physical well-being issue or whatever, then uh, that was that was supposed to be accepted, and uh, yeah. the proprietors of the stores were not to uh, question it, uh, and let people go about their business that is yeah. that's that's how the that's how those bylaws were were structured but we're on a general basis we're also aware of the fact that um, hugs over masks etc and your your uh, your philosophical beliefs in the whole mask thing if and please correct me if I'm wrong was the fact that it that it was unnecessary and we shouldn't be doing it Irrespective of whether you had a health condition or not, am I correct? Yeah, I mean, and to clarify, I haven't, I haven't been involved in hugs over masks since. Yeah. Pretty much the day we spoke, uh, say for about two months, I haven't been involved in the uh, in hugs over masks at all. I left the group immediately after that. Why is that? Um, oh, it's a very difficult thing to manage a movement 
Um, it's not easy. And uh, let's just say that when, you, when you're attempting to have a, when you're attempting to communicate to people um, and you're in a leadership position, and when the media focuses only on I me, mean, I, I don't include you in this, obviously. You're the new media. You're, you're the guy. You, you're, you're the, the fact that you're willing to have an oppositional voice makes you relevant. And the fact that the others, the fact that the um, so-called mainstream refuses to have oppositional voices and tries to control the narrative makes them irrelevant. So, you know, I salute you for that. Sorry, I got a little derailed there. It's, it's a little noisy, so I got a little derailed there. That's okay. Bring thank me back you. on track. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for that uh, comment. Now, I do have uh, a question for you to try to put. Oh, no, I, I wish. I, I, I did. We miss something? Cause can you hear me? Yeah, I didn't quite answer your question. No, I think you did. I think you. I, do you have okay. something else to say in response to the question before you go on? Oh, probably, but we don't have all night, you know. No, okay. Uh, I, I think you answered my questions quite, uh, quite sufficiently. Now, but yeah. I, do, but I do well, have, a, I, I, I do have a little bit more. I'd like to chat with you about. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yep, sure do. Right, I appreciate good. the yeah. All right. So, uh, to say? right right now, uh, Shandor, we have a very um, critical situation with the spread of this virus, not only in Niagara, but around Ontario. The numbers are not going down. Uh, and I realize that one of the arguments from your side would be, well, um, we have these restrictions in place and the numbers aren't going down. However, um, the only thing that's going to really drive them backwards is even stricter and stricter uh, rest uh, uh, rules on how people act. Do you still feel do you still feel, uh, with what's going on around us right now, with your family and friends, my family and friends, other people from around this province, do you honestly feel that masks and proper conduct and six feet distancing, etc., is not relevant? I, I, I'm sorry, but I have to question you on that because, frankly, I don't, un I don't understand the position. That well, I mean, that's that's what we're here for is to have that conversation. Yeah, the answer is, uh, I mean, where'd you get your numbers from? I just get them. You sound very concerned. You sound like you're a very well read person. I mean, I what get, you're doing is reading I get, very I get, well. I get the numbers from what we see and what are reported every day. Those are the only so numbers where, I have. Where do, they get, where do they get their numbers from? What are their numbers consistent of? The numbers are consistent of tests, the tests are the result of PCR tests. You're, I, I, no doubt you're familiar with questions about the PCR test. Yes. Yes. So you know, well, that in fact, when you present these numbers to me, I don't even bat an eye because they don't, they don't mean what they're being presented as. So science, so so science is science and scientific reporting and testing reporting from uh, the ministry and health uh, is is irrelevant. Uh, I didn't. No, I mean what I'm saying is indeed that uh, I don't buy the numbers. Why? Man. Why? Why don't you buy the numbers? 
Well, the first point I raised is the important one, which is the PCR test. You know, again, you're familiar with the questions of the PCR test, then you may be familiar that the inventor says it's not a way to de determine the presence of infection. That when you spin the cycles up to a certain amount of cycles, that you can find nearly anything in a sample. So, okay, we have a, been, uh, but, but, COVID but, is a computer virus. It's an operation virus. system. It's a computer virus in our society. Okay, so how do people die, from, with, with all due respect, Shandor? Yeah, no, I, this how, is it. How, how do people die from computer viruses? Well, a computer... Computers die from computer viruses. Yeah, but Lee, computers tabulate data. One said co column of data includes the flu. All you got to do is rename it. To COVID. The, the, how many people per year die of the flu? Twenty eighteen. Where is where, where, where are your no, no, where are you can your look up the numbers? What is the basis the of your scientific numbers? Yeah. So where are the basis of your science? I know where my numbers come from. They come from the ministries yeah. of health. Where do your right. numbers come from? Your my numbers come from actually the same source with regards to the question I was just posing. Okay. Which is the death numbers excess death in society has not spiked it's not spiking hey guys maybe it might have been interjected well, i think maybe we're getting a little a little sidetrack from the from the direction that we want to go here San, uh, shandor i'm interested yeah to i know, know. It's, we don't have all night to, to no, really no, gotta, drill into it go soon, no absolutely these, I mean, are the these are the answers to the questions the, the, this the, is really the discourse that's you want to know why thousands of people are marching in the streets they're saying the kind of things that i'm saying well, All right, I, so I appreciate I, that you're giving me the time to talk it out. I, I get a sense that a lot of people are marching in the streets just because of their freedoms being infringed upon and the way that, that society and government in that relationship is handled. And, and I respect their right to protest. What I'm interested to know from you, Shandor, is as a adamant anti-masker, you're still living your life, you're still going everywhere. How are you being, how are you being treated? Are, are, are you being scoffed at? Are people getting confrontational with you? How are store staff handling you? Uh, the, I mean, I've been, today I was told not to return without a mask to a store I attend for years. Um, well, that's, I told the guy, I told the guy that he's, he's my friend and he needs to stand up for these things. Okay. See here, I'll explain it. I'll explain it for you. So it's, it's not that the obligation of a store owner is as described earlier, which is to say, sir, do you have a mask? And then the person replies, no medical exemption. And then on you go with your business but instead this person this store owner said no no they're watching the neighbors are going to call the health department <laughs> okay. i'm serious is what they said yeah so no. we're living under a sovietization of our society through the vector of maps okay all right and I, I i appreciate you coming back on and uh i mean you probably knew that you would be suffering the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune as they say uh and i appreciate you facing the music tonight uh, i know we'll talk again because uh it is an issue that is very very close to people's sense as kevin mentioned of personal freedom as well as the laws of the land and it's sort of a narrow 
line that uh, that we walk. Uh, Shandor, thank you very much uh, for coming on. Uh, and as uh, as I said before, I may not uh, agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Thank you for being here. And uh, we just lost Shandor there, and I want people to know that um, that that was just a computer glitch. We didn't okay, cut him that off. Was, yeah, I mean, you no. know, let the conspiracy we theorists we, we don't do that. Uh, run wild and, with that. And again, one. like he said, he appreciated the fact that we at least accept um, <laughs> opposing views and uh, and hear him out. And that's what we wanted to have him here. Whether we agree with him or not is, uh, is another story. Uh, coming up on the program, you'll see uh, right up here above my shoulder is uh, a helicopter. Now, uh, that is a helicopter. That is supposed to represent a company called Great Lakes Helicopters. It is managed by a fellow by the name of Dwayne Henderson. And uh, I call them, at least recently, they have other parts of their business, but I call them snowbird movers. And they have uh, got this uh, really interesting segment of their business that they've been developing that has been in direct response to everything that's been going on in this COVID world that we've been living in since March. And the big debate, if you have, uh, if you live in Canada, if you live in Southern Ontario in particular, you know somebody, if it's not you, you know somebody that as a regular uh, scheme of events goes south for the winter. It could be two weeks, could be a month, could be six months, could be three months, could be whatever. Uh, into uh, Florida, Virginia, North Carolina, but mainly Florida. And when, uh, since the borders have been closed to people driving across for months, it presents an entirely different sack of hammers. And it, uh, now, there's two issues. A, do you want to go into the United States and do what you usually do with the risk that you could incur down there? And uh, should, that, should the answer to that question be yes, it's okay, how do we do it? Uh, and obviously you fly, but then you don't have a vehicle down there and we usually drive our vehicle down there and, or we usually tow a trailer down there or whatever. Now what do we do? And uh, Great Lakes Helicopters is a company that uh, came up with a pretty creative solution to help people do that. Dwayne Henderson is the general manager. I'm going to need a uh, minute here, Lee. I apologize for that. Just no to get, problem. Uh, just to get Dwayne on. That's uh, okay. It is, it is something that, uh, and you know what a lot of people are doing it for? Uh, I have a connection into the uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake airport. Yeah. And uh, just chit-chatting this past week, a lot of people really want their pets to come along with them as well. They want well, the pets and they want their cars. Apparently Great Lakes Helicopter will, uh, will deal with that too. Uh, from what I from what I from what I read, um, now I was one of the things while we're waiting, and I'm pa I'm patient. We can do whatever we want to do in this program. Uh, we have no masters but ourselves. What I was thinking about, uh, and and perhaps uh, Shandor is still watching the program. And if you are Shandor, by all means, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not taking shots at you after you're gone. But if you're watching, terrific. Is I was thinking about. So this fellow goes into a shopper's drug mart. Anybody. So in this case, it was Shandor with something he didn't agree with was happening inside the store, and he starts scraping stickers off the off the floor. All right, uh, that was the mischief charge. 
Okay, so I'm the proprietor of a, of a business. And let's say, okay, well, let's, let's call it the Shoppers Drug Mart. Let's, let's, stay with a, let's stay with the pharmacy. Now, I have a condom display, uh, a birth control, a birth, uh, 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 a pregnancy prevention area in, uh, in my store. So, what if somebody who doesn't believe in birth control or planned parenthood walks into my store or the store that I'm managing or supervising at the time, could be Shoppers Drug Mart, could be anything, I don't have to be the owner, you can be the manager. So uh, somebody walks in and they don't happen to be a supporter of planned parenthood or uh, pregnancy prevention or like pick a, pick a phrase and starts ripping stickers and displays off the shelves. Is this not something that law enforcement would be rather interested in? Is this something that someone should be allowed to do in somebody's place of business? Go in and just kind of change the display of the store? I don't care whether it's a sticker on the floor or whether it's a dis or a poster on the wall uh, or a notice that's in the pharmacy department about wearing a mask. Uh, if you come up to place uh, to put in your prescription or to pick up your prescription or come in the door about like is is this not something that is the the under the purview of the people that are operating that establishment should that be something that anybody should be allowed to do to any store and it doesn't have to be anything to do with covid but should you be able to walk into uh, oh let's say a shoe store all right and you have, uh, oh, here's a good one, here's a good one. How about, uh, how about someplace where they sell perfumes? Now think about this. The perfume manufacturers for years have been under fire for the way they test their scents and the way they produce their products because of the way they do tests on animals. Remember that? Okay, so let's say that you have uh, an issue with how perfume manufacturers go about testing and making their products. Are you allowed to go into, let's say, the body shop or any retail outlet and go in because you object to how they make their and or research their products? Are you allowed to go in and start ripping things off their floor and off their walls or off their shelves? I don't think so. So, take COVID out of it. Why is conduct like that okay? Kevin, do you see the parallel I'm trying to draw here? Yeah, 100%. And I think that's why he was charged with mischief. You know, it's... it's yeah, but to it's me, it's more than mischief. I mean, I know that's the only thing they could do. But you walk into... Couldn't, couldn't it be trespassing? Couldn't it be... I don't know. Yeah, uh, nope. Shandor, uh, by all means, come back on and talk to us. It's just the fact that these things bother me. These, these are the questions that keep me awake at night because I'm trying, <laughs> and they do. I can wake up screaming in the middle of the night because I don't understand the difference and why it's okay. Because if I, if I ran a store and somebody came in and started ripping my displays apart or stuff that's on my floor or please stand here or, or mats or whatever, I'd want you arrested. 
Yeah, it is, it is pretty frustrating for store owners as well yeah. or business operators. All they're trying to do is make a buck and work within the laws that govern them doing business. Yeah. So when somebody comes into your store to prove a point, it gets a little frustrating. Yeah, and I mean, I, I can understand I get that. It. I mean, I, I understand you know protest what? and uh, you know uh, but, and, and peaceful, peaceful protest. No, I get it. I think we're we're but, on the same page. You know, I, I may not agree with what you have to say, but I'll defend your right to say. It. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, but not in my place. Uh, Dwayne is here. Lee? Dwayne is here. Awesome. Uh, it's taken us a little while because we were hoping to. Uh, have him last week, but he happened to be uh, in the air doing his job, and you can't fault somebody from doing his job. Dwayne, uh, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, great to have you. Now, uh, Great Lakes Helicopters, first of all, before we get into the issue at hand, tell us about Great Lakes Helicopters. Sure. Uh, great Lakes is a uh, training facility and a charter company, and we also do aerial work, so we do uh, a lot of crop spraying and uh, we do uh, a third of our business is school, so we do private and commercial helicopter training, and then we also do charter work similar to what we're doing here with the cross-border stuff. So now, uh, you fly out of Hamilton Airport, correct? Uh, we're actually flying out of St. Catharines Airport. So we You're fly from out St. Catharines? Yeah, yes. So we're flying out of St. Catharines into Buffalo, dropping passengers off. Then we fly back to Hamilton to clear customs. It's the... Uh, Customs has closed at uh, St. Catharines due to COVID, and then we fly back from Hamilton to St. Catharines to pick up passengers and take them again. All right, so now, um, help me clarify. The the flights that you make out of St. Catharines, is that is that just for this, uh, the, the Snowbird flights, or is that for all of your uh, activities? Great Lakes is actually located out of Kitchener-Waterloo, and we have a sub-base in Grand Bend for tour operations. We're looking at staying in St. Catharines for the summer to do tour operations into the wine country. Okay. But for the specifics of this, we're flying out of St. Catharines to Buffalo for the uh, snowbirds. So how long how long has uh, Great Lakes been in business? Uh, the parent company's been there for 30 years as wow. a maintenance facility and Great Lakes has been in business for 18 years. Okay, so um, obviously, someone, you or someone in your organization, saw an opportunity with our snowbird situation here. How did this develop? How did it, how did it come about? Uh, one of our company pilots, uh, parents live in, uh, in Florida for the winter, and they were looking for a way to go over and ask them about using one of our company helicopters to take them over. Uh, talked to me, we agreed that that would be fine for them to uh, do a private flight like that over. They needed their vehicle, so we hooked up with a trucking company to get their vehicle over and then realized there's a niche here, got a lot of calls. They posted on Sun on the uh, Snowbird Association uh, about their trip and next thing you know the phone was ringing and uh, I think this weekend we're topping about 190 flights so far and we have about 300 left to go. 190 flights that you've done in total, or just the... Uh, 190 so far in the last four weeks. Yeah. And uh, we have about 300 sitting on the books between now and the 1st of February. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so ex ex explain to me how it, how it works. What actually is the service? And you said you partnered with a transportation company. So obviously they have people that can drive trucks because they are special uh, designations. They can actually cross the border. Um, tell me how it works. Sure. So uh, flying is legal. There's nothing wrong with it now. Um, 
uh, Air Canada flies, WestJet flies, lots of commercial uh, carriers fly. We're a commercial carrier. So there's nothing illegal or underhanded or, or circumventing any rules. We're allowed to fly people across the board. Uh, what we've done that's a little more clever is we hooked up with, we actually have a couple different uh, trucking companies, and uh, we get the passengers and the vehicles together at one time. We load up the vehicles three to five at a time on a car hauler. We send that car hauler towards the border. Those are commercial carriers. Uh, they're allowed to take vehicles and goods across. They're bonded and insured. Uh, they go around to the Buffalo airport, drop the vehicles off while we shuffle the uh, people via helicopter right to the executive terminal over at TAC Air in Buffalo. The customs come out to the helicopter and meet the passengers. They clear them right there. Um, they've been wonderful. Everybody's been very inviting. They walk out through the door, get the keys from the reception, get in their vehicle and drive on to Florida or wherever they're going. Wow. Okay. So how many people uh, will, can you take in one, in one flight? How big are your choppers? So we're just using R40, it's called Robinson R44s and Bell 206s. So they're only uh, uh, up to three or four passengers. And this is the attraction. So people aren't having to go to the big airports, go through security, go through customs and lineups, get on uh, an airplane with 200 of their best friends. Uh, this is very private, it's intimate. They get on the helicopter, the helicopters are clean. Uh, every flight, uh, there's only one pilot on it, and um, there's very lim limited exposure from any kind of masses or um, publics. Okay, so you got uh, you got the pilot, and you have a maximum of three other people, right? Correct. Okay. Now, what about their their luggage, their pets, their belongings, all the stuff that people take with them to go to Florida for uh, or in, up the south for a number of months? So in the vehicles are allowed um, limited personal stuff, you know, so their suitcases, you know, bicycles, whatever that kind of stuff can go in their vehicles when they go across as long as they have it manifested properly. And then uh, we ask people to bring their own um, medications and that kind of thing. And yeah. we're pet friendly. So the dogs and pets and cats can get right in the helicopter with the passengers. Okay. So 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 the luggage and the and the, the bicycles and everything, they go in the vehicles that the trucking company takes over correct yep wow okay so now um what does this cost it's uh twelve hundred dollars for the helicopter doesn't matter if it's one person or uh, three people you're allowed up to 525 pounds or three people and the vehicle is seven hundred dollars to take across and the round trip for the helicopter is just over an hour so it's normal commercial rates this is a COVID rate or anything, it's a normal right. uh, cost for an R44. Uh, that's the typical kind of charge of rate, um, so, plus all the land. So we're, we're talking about $2,000 roughly to transport uh, somebody and their, their family and their belongings and their vehicle to the Buffalo Airport. It's about two grand. That's right. Okay, uh, that's Canadian. That's even Canadian. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> yeah. Plus taxes. Uh, yes. Okay. So we're talking twenty. So if you add it all up and do all the little bits and bytes, we're talking about twenty-two to twenty twenty-five hundred dollars. Okay. No, nope, it's it's actually it comes out to two thousand and fifty-six. There's actually no tax on uh, vehicles. There's no tariff on vehicles. Taxes. Ah. Uh, are uh, nothing under $700 and the right. flight is uh, taxable. So thank you. Th th thank you for correcting me. So we got $2,056. Okay. Yep. So uh, 
I, I want to congratulate you and your company on your ingenuity. This is absolutely brilliant. Because at first when I heard of you guys, I actually thought you were flying vehicles over. Like, that's how ridiculous I was. I thought you were, I thought you were flying the cars over. Like, how does that work? But now, what about, uh, what about uh, somebody that has um, a, a vehicle or a contraption where they actually haul a trailer or, or something like that? How does that work? So we have individual vehicles, uh, drivers. So if uh, someone's got a motorhome or a big truck with a trailer with motorcycles or something in it, and it's oversized for the normal trucks, uh, we send an individual driver, and the cost for that is $1,600. All right. So what if somebody's got a family of four? What do you do? Uh, we just take two flights, two and two. And they have to pay for it? Yeah, well, actually, a flight, specifically a family of four, uh, our Bell 206 will take four people. So that's okay. the same price, $1,200 for that helicopter with four people in it. If it's four people and a cat or a dog that, that we need a little more room, they have to take two flights. All right, so a lot of people have asked this question, and, and I'm sure they've done the math. I mean, I'm not somebody, I'm not a snowbird, but I'm sure a lot of people have done the math, and the fact that that that's in spite of the fact that it's a pretty cool service that you guys do and it's not really crazy expensive but if i were gonna say if i if i were gonna fly to florida i guess i'd have to pay for my flights now to florida i don't know what they cost but you can get some pretty inexpensive trips to florida you could uh, you could like buy a but i guess you couldn't take your pets could you uh, the pets are really limited in uh, the big commercial carriers. They yeah. take so many underneath, and they only allow so many up with the passengers. And a vehicle, like so, if you want your vehicle down there, it's uh, I've heard it's about between fifteen hundred and seventeen hundred dollars to go to you know mid Florida, and a flight right now is about six hundred dollars a person. So uh, you you save the drive, but you would certainly have yeah. to rent a vehicle if you want your vehicle, and you don't get to take everything that you want, and then you have the inconvenience of the timing of uh, trying to figure out a flight with your pet. So Dwayne, so far I'm I'm guessing since you got a, a, a cache of maybe 300 people coming up, that this has been pretty successful for you. Are you pleased with how this is going? Well, given given uh, what our March, April, May looked like, we're really happy to have the extra business at this time of year, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a bit of a windfall for us. It's keeping some pilots busy that normally would be off of the season. Uh, so we're very happy to keep some more employment going, and the fuel trucks running, and our uh, carriers doing a little more than we normally would do. Now, do you uh, do you supply the service in reverse, like when they come no. back to Canada? No, because Canadians are allowed to enter back into Canada. They still have to do the quarantine the same as they would if they flew in or drive in. So they can actually drive their own vehicles back across. So this is a one-way trip. That is that is a that's a pretty cool loophole. Uh, that's that's amazing. So now, what about uh, are there any because of the COVID nineteen issues, et cetera? And I know that you've got uh, you obviously have heavy insurance premiums as it is, as it is being a people carrier. Uh, are there any liability issues that your company faces with regard to somebody per, per chance taking COVID into the U.S. or uh, obviously not bringing it back because you don't bring them back? But uh, is there any liability involved there? Nope. Uh, we're following all the protocols that are laid out for the safe practices of what we do. Uh, the helicopters are clean when they get out. They're clean when the new people get in. Uh, we are following all the all the other pro uh, COVID protocols. You know, temperatures and um, the declarations and so on. So yeah. there's no more liability to this than someone getting on a bus. 
Except it's intimate. There's only the pilot and yourself. So the chance of uh, transmittal on the helicopter or something is very, very slim. There's, there's, and I mean, uh, I mean, not to mention, not to mention the fact that there have been uh, a lot of people on the planet. I've been lucky, I've been heli in helicopters numerous times, but a lot of people haven't been, so it's almost like you're paying uh, for, for a pretty cool trip because it's kind of a neat experience, especially if you're going over to Buffalo with, uh, with the scenery that happens from St. Catharines across like Niagara and everything else into Buffalo. It's, uh, uh, it's kind of like paying for a tourist uh, trip. Uh yeah, a little bit. You look out the left side of the helicopter, we're within about uh, four miles of the front. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, uh, Lee, do you mind if I just hop in here? Yeah. I just want to ask you, Dwayne, it's Kevin behind the scenes here. just want to know if your company's experienced any backlash. Uh, very little. We've had a couple people call that uh, aren't supportive of snowbirds or people going to the U.S. Not necessarily upset with us. A few people have said, you know, it's... Uh, a, a cheeky way to circumvent rules or something, but it's actually not circumventing any rules. It's legal to fly across the the, the, uh, the flying borders are open. It's the land borders that are closed for no one except essential personnel. So Air Canada does it, WestJet does it, Swoop does it, all these other companies do it. We're no different than those companies. So and, and I guess the backlash the actually for the volume of people that we've talked to and stuff, uh, I can only think of probably uh, four or five you know, emails, and it was more in a general tone of, Canadians just shouldn't be going somewhere like Florida or these hot spots. And right? Sorry, Lee, i got a follow-up for you yeah. here, Dwayne. As we roll, of course, right now, the desire would be from Canadians to head south. As we get into next summer, and who knows what we're going to be like COVID, but have you have you got any inquiries from Americans looking to get over to this side? Because as we know, that North Shore of Fort Erie, uh, all those properties are owned by Americans. Have, has anybody rang your bell on that? We have, yes. Uh, there's certainly been a fair amount of calls. A lot from uh, Manitoba over to northern Ontario, like Sioux Lookout, and uh, you know those, um, you know those areas up there where the fishing's uh, quite popular, and a lot of Americans have uh, have uh, you know places in uh, Minnesota. I guess that would be that come up uh, over the summer as well. Yeah, having having lived in Winnipeg for a number of years, that's a huge, huge uh, opportunity from Minnesota up through northern Winnipeg for fishing and, and, and those kinds of things. Uh, let, let me ask you this before we let you go, is uh, prior to this, that has been getting you an awful lot of attention, what was the core, prior to the whole COVID snowbird thing, what was the core business of Great Lakes Helicopters? What is, what is your core business? Uh, we're in three buckets. We, uh uh, a third of our business is agricultural support, so spraying uh, uh, crops, you know, wheat and corn and broadcasting seeds. Um, gypsy moth is going to be a huge thing this spring. Right. Uh, big last spring, you know, on the western shore of Lake Huron and so on. Um, you know, a lot of gypsy moth, so we do a lot of that aerial work. Uh, a third of our business is in the school, uh, private and commercial helicopters uh, students, and we're connected with University of Waterloo and Conestoga, Univer uh, College, uh, Conestoga College, sorry, uh, for their aviation programs. And then uh, the other third is charters, exactly what we're doing now, just not in the bulk in such a concentration. Yeah. But lots of trips to Cowbell and uh, Rambling Road and Black Horse Winery and that kind of stuff. All right, so since you've been good enough to spend your time with us, um, Dwayne, uh, I'll, I'll give you a chance to let people know how to find you. If somebody wants to talk to you more about your services, how do we find you? What's the easiest way? 
Uh, appreciate that. Uh, you can just go on our website. It's G L Heli G L H Heli dot C A. So or Great Lakes Helicopter dot C A. There it is, and, right uh, there. You can, you can uh, Google us and find us, and you can uh, hit info and uh, send us an email, and we'll get back to you. Well, that's awesome. Sorry we missed you last week. I know you were in the air, and uh, it couldn't be helped. And I appreciate that. But I also appreciate the fact that you uh, stuck by us and came back to tell us about what you do this week because it's, uh, it's, it's a fascinating entrepreneurial story and uh, kudos uh, to you guys for figuring it out. Thanks for being here. No problem. I appreciate it. Thanks. Take care, man. Bye. Uh, as they say, it is an ill wind that blows no good. So uh, out of everything negative that happens, there are always positives that come out of it. And with this whole COVID thing, Kevin, I think there are going to be many, many things that people will realize that, wow, I didn't think we could do that until this happened. I never thought of it before. And you know, my parents are snowbirds. This year they've elected not to go to Florida. Yeah. And I don't know that, that it should be criticized that much. I think a lot of snowbirds go south to escape the winter. It's well, just that's the that. only reason they go south. Yeah, they, they do it to escape the winter, but it's not like they're they're after some exquisite lifestyle. It's just, no. I, I don't want to be a hermit. I don't want to be in the snow. Yeah, for the next two to three months. But there's no reason why a Canadian can't go live a self, uh, self-isolated, self safe in life the, in the United States. Except it happens to be 30 degrees warmer. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of people think like, oh my gosh, you're going to go to Florida. Well, you're going to get COVID for sure. I go, well, no, of course there'll be an increased risk. But if you yeah. plan on living a self-isolated life, I mean, you can get groceries delivered in the United States. In fact, easier than you can in Canada. Yeah. Now, the only the only thing uh, with this system is, is the fact that you've got to drive from Buffalo to wherever it is you're going. So you've got to... Uh, you have to pretty carefully massage your your trip so that you don't come in contact with too many people between Buffalo and whatever your destination is. Uh, but uh, you're right; people can self isolate in in uh, in Fort Lauderdale as much as they can isolate in Waynefleet. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter. And the reality is, Lee, is that most snowbirds make the drive so that they have their car when they reach their destination. Renting yeah. a car for two, three months makes it financially impossible. Yeah. So a lot of them do drive. And this is and this is what I was thinking because okay, so why don't why don't you just buy a fifteen hundred dollar beater in, in Florida and fly down? But then again, you don't have your uh, you, you don't have your pets. You don't have all this other stuff. You don't have uh, a lot of things that under this plan you can take with you. It's almost like taking your own car down there or your own motorhome or whatever it is. To me, $2,000 is, I don't want to say it's nothing, but I think it's an easy decision for people that are itching to go south that do it on a regular basis. Yeah. Now, the only thing, and, and this is something that there's there's no way that Dwayne would have been able to answer this because it's not his area of expertise. But the only thing that a lot of people would say is, what about health care? What if you get sick down there? Now, uh, hospitals are full to overflowing. we got COVID uh, emergencies happening. Uh, it's, uh, healthcare is already expensive in the United States. What sort of insurance can Canadians get? How does that, how does that work if you get sick? Now, that's, that's another whole sack of hammers that you've got to think about and take into consideration if you want to go down there. 
that um, it, it, well that's a conversation for another show that we'll probably have sometime in January because uh, we certainly don't have it tonight one of the things that I do want to do uh, is mention again that this is our final show of 2020 the 411 uh, episode 27 I want to congratulate uh, Kevin Jack on a fabulous support system for helping us here uh, through WeStream Niagara, him and his partner Brandon Sham for bringing this technologically to Niagara. And there it is, Gales Gaspars Limited, uh, our underwriter, if you want to say. This program has been fueled by Gales Gas uh, Bars for the last 27 episodes. We hope that they are going to be around to continue to fuel this program into 2021. And uh, we'll be able to tell you more about that when we get in to 20. 21. Also to Fiddler's Poorhouse, this wonderful location that we have, Kevin, uh, and the streetscapes that you see behind us are all courtesy of the fact that we are able to do this program in the window at uh, Dave McParian's uh, Fiddler's Poorhouse. Also, all of you people that contribute to the Niagara 411 and to Nick, who is our uh, never-ceasing uh, dedicated partner, to this program. We share ideas, we share thoughts, we share news leads, we share uh, product, and uh, to Nick, thank you very much for being a part of this thing. Um, and uh, Kevin and I have been talking about a lot of things and talking with our partners and our contributors about uh, how do we how do we move forward into 2021 with this show? Because every time you have a new year, every time you have a new beginning, it is time for new beginnings. It's time to reevaluate everything that you're doing and say, hey, what are we doing? Uh, this was always, uh, when I was in business um, uh, and, and running businesses, there were always, every time you got to an end of a year, you asked yourself three questions. What are we doing right that we want to keep? What are we doing wrong that we don't want to do anymore? And what could we do differently that'll make us better? And that's what we've been talking about over the last uh, number of weeks and months. And we're going to be asking ourselves those questions. And we would appreciate it, by the way, if you could even uh, offer us food for thought in that, uh, in that realm. Just go to Livestream Niagara. Uh, or to WeStream or to Niagara 411 and say, hey, about that uh, 411 show you do, uh, we'd really like it more if you did this. Or uh, this is something that we'd like you to do better. Or uh, this is something we'd like you to stop doing. Uh, we'd like you to get rid of that Lee Sterry guy. <laughs> okay, well, that's all right. Uh, they'll consider that. Uh, and uh, and it's all good. So this is that time of year when uh, we do look to rebirthing everything. And, uh, and we want you to be a part of it. So our first show uh, in 2021 will be the week of, uh, it'll be either, what, J January 6th, 7th, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and we'll be back here and we'll let you know uh, how to find us. And in the meantime, thank you, thank you very much for being here. Merry, Merry Christmas. We're not done with this show. we got a big, big segment coming up. But uh, I just wanted to take this moment to make that clear that uh, we're going to take a bit of a hiatus for the next couple of weeks. But we're going to be back with uh, bells off and on. Uh, and we want to thank Gail's Gas Bars for fueling this program. We want to thank WeStream for the technology, Fiddler's Poorhouse, Dave McFerrian uh, for the location, uh, my company, LeeSteryVoiceServices.com, and, uh, and uh, of course, uh, Niagara 411. So 
Uh, Kevin, it's been a fun year. Yeah, it has. It has most definitely, and I'm looking to uh, even bigger and better things in 2021. As uh, Shandor said, you know, we're new media. This is new media, and I really think we're gaining a foothold here in Niagara. So I love doing the show, Lee. Yeah. And love it because we can we can speak to people, the real people of Niagara that are making an impact like our, like our next guest. Yeah. And I can guarantee you that we will, uh, the one thing that will not change here is the fact that we will be live and in your device every week. Uh, it's not going to be. It's not going to be recorded or live on tape or any of those other silly things. We will be live and in your homes and uh, in your face, and you'll be in our face uh, come early January. That I can guarantee you. Uh, so, a story that broke this morning, as stories do, you never know where they're going to go. Uh, it was very early this morning. And uh, Kevin actually saw the emergency vehicles on site as well. But th this particular gentleman that is going to be joining us is Jeremy in the immediate vicinity. Yeah, he's right here, man. He's here? Cool. Uh, welcome, Jeremy, to the program. How you doing, bud? Can you hear me? He's trying to get me tuned in here. We can see you there, Jeremy. We can see you. <laughs> All right, here, let them just... Okay, so while they're trying to make an audio connection... I think it was all Jer good. Look good on his end. Yeah, Jer Jeremy is a, a gentleman from Hamilton. And uh, he was in St. Catharines because he brought his son here for an appointment. And he had some time to kill, and he was driving through our city and happened to notice when he was heading on to 4th Avenue in St. Catharines that there was a woman uh, on a bridge overlooking 12 Mile Creek in here in St. Catharines, obviously. And it, it caused him concern and, and he thought he should do something about it. And as the story developed, the, the bottom line was the fact that a young woman was rescued from 12 Mile Creek. Often we hear about some tragedies that take place from various and sundry uh, elevated areas here. And uh, the outcome is not so favorable. In this case, this young woman was rescued. Jeremy was a key player in that rescue, as was an off-duty firefighter. And we're walking through our technical processes here to try to get Jeremy on to tell his story, because it's a wonderful story. Yeah, okay, well, just uh, get him on here, Lee. we got a uh, few things. Trying to reconnect? Yeah, a few things happening here. That's okay. Uh, depending to... on where people are, are calling from, uh, this technology does really work well, but un unfortunately it is always contingent on how the internet connections are from where the people are that are calling in, and sometimes right, those connections are not exactly what you'd want. I ha I hear something in the background. How are we yeah, doing? There we go. Jeremy? Hello? Yes. Uh, hey, can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. Uh, first of all, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind, 
I'm not going to tell your story. Uh, I told a little bit about it at the beginning, which you could probably hear. First of all, it's very nice to meet you. Thank you. I, I know you were hesitant to come on the show, but we really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, I'm Lee, and I thank you for being here, okay? Thank, thank you for having me. Uh, so, walk, walk us through what happened this morning from the very beginning of your day. Uh, I don't want to get into too much uh, detail on, on everything um, other than someone was in the water and they needed to be rescued and um, I just happened to be there. There was a few other people there at the time as well that helped. Um, and we were luckily able to get the person out of the water, and, and I don't know if, I know they were conscious uh, getting into the ambulance, uh, but other than that, I don't know, I don't know how they're doing, but I hope it's well. So where, where were you when you noticed something untoward? You were, you were heading across the bridge? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was heading across the bridge, and then, uh, I, I turned around to come back because I noticed something was wrong, and uh, and then at that time I'd seen people looking over, so I seen I knew that somebody had gone over, and uh, so I just drove down the side road and pulled off to the side and started running along the side of the creek, keeping an eye on them in the creek. Um, and then another guy joined me running along the creek, and he just said, "Keep eyes on me. I'm going to get her," and he just dove in, and. Uh, then he was a he got to her he brought her back i went in rode up to my knees and i grabbed the two of them and pulled them to shore and um then a few other people were there as well uh, they they wrapped us with blankets and towels and, or and uh, jackets and an ambulance got there and uh, loaded them up and so how did you, okay. are, are you uh, were you familiar i know you, you live in hamilton right uh, well, I'm from Hamilton, yes. Okay, so... But, but I know the area fairly well. So. I was going to say, you must know St. Catharines pretty well. So, uh, when you said you went down there. How did you get How did you get down to where this this woman was? Uh, there's just a side street that goes down over another little small uh, Yeah, just to interject, it's, a, it's Wellenvale. That's the name of that little street right yeah, there. Yeah, Wellenvale, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, you knew it was there, or you just saw it? Yeah, I knew I knew it was there. So okay. I just, as soon as I seen that everyone had gathered, uh, I just went right down. I got out, and I got out onto the bridge, and uh, another woman said, oh, there she is. And then uh, we just we started running up along the creek. Jeremy, why did you do that? Why did you go down there? <laughs> Just have to. You can't. Okay. I mean, you, you I, I mean, that. I'm not trying. To, I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but not. No, I know. But most of us, most of us wouldn't. We would. We would watch. But you actually went went there. Uh, did, is it something you just did without thinking? Yeah, and there was a lot of other people there that did as well, that yeah. joined in, and, so this, and well, I wasn't the only one, so it's... Um, so so you, were, you, you were running along the bank with this other fellow, uh, and... Yeah, and, and, it wasn't just me, it was me and another guy, there was, there was a woman that finally saw her, there was, there was a group, a group effort, uh, 
that, that got her out of the water. So. Okay, so you you didn't see this. You didn't see the lady fall. No. Okay, but but obviously somebody now and, and this this fellow, as I understand, was a, a, a an off-duty firefighter. He's the one that actually went into the in, into Twelve Mile Creek to to bring this lady out. Uh, he he yeah. And, and you helped them, and you helped them get to shore. Yes. Okay, uh, and what was and she was she conscious when she came to shore, Jeremy? No, 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 not at first, not at first, no. And and you just you just held her. Is that what you did? You just kind of hung yeah, on. Yeah, I, I just grabbed her and pulled her out of the water, and and then just sat with her and just started like giving her warmth. That's get uh, the, the the paramedics couldn't really get to us right away. So. Did 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 she? How long did it take the paramedics to get there? Uh, I'd say maybe maybe three minutes tops from when we got her out of the water. Wow. Okay. So and and it was how, very it was very quick that they got there. Very quick. That's that's wonderful. That's, so that's, how did how did uh, did she wake up while you were uh, there with her? Uh, she was ma she was making noises. It sounded like she was trying to say something, but. She was probably in shock and hypothermic at that point. Right. So when the um, when the EMTs got there, what happened next? Uh, they put a neck brace on her, wrapped her in blankets, and put her in an ambulance. And took her away. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but, what What was going through your mind? How did How did this in uh, this episode? First of all, uh, thank you for for your service. Um, beyond that, how did it make you feel? How, how, how are you feeling now? How, are you okay? Uh, yes and no. It's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad we got her out. I'm so happy we got her out. Um, how did how did this whole situation uh, make you feel um, with regard to? you and your life and 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 what went on i, I mean I, I can't imagine how this would affect someone's life what 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 is, else has been going through your mind since this happened and we just just break up with jeremy there yeah we get a little freeze that's okay that's right hopefully uh hopefully we get wow. him back here but that's uh <coughs> That's incredible, Lee. Not to see yeah, now. Oh, we'll just we'll just wait. He'll be back. Yeah, we'll I think wait. it. Uh, I think it's just a little bit of a flash freeze there. But, um, an incredible rescue there. He he was telling me earlier today that um, that he was on his way. He was on his way, kind of towards Fourth Avenue Shopping Center, the Lena Linguini area, and saw this woman in distress. But at the time, couldn't stop. So he turned around and came back. And by the time he, by the time he came back, so I yeah, think we I got, think we got, we got Jeremy here. By the time he there came back, that's where, um, yeah. that's what she had noticed that she was no longer on the bridge. Other people had gathered, so yeah. he went down below. Um, and I guess you know what? We'll get uh, we'll get Jeremy back on here to, to tell his story. Oh, just a second here, Lee. Yeah. So Jer Jeremy's back, and uh, yeah. Hi, Jeremy. Sorry we uh, lost you there. Uh, but 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 you're back. 
Now you have um, you have your own story to tell that sort of dovetails uh, into this. What? Uh, tell us a little bit more about you and your life and what's going on. Um, I'll just single father taking care of three kids. Um, yeah, Jeremy, maybe I can ask you. I mean, yeah. you, you dropped off your uh, your 19-year-old son there, you had said, for medical treatment in St. Catharines. That was going to take two yeah. hours. Then two hours later, you pick him up, and I imagine this incident pretty much took up that entire two hours. So when you picked him <laughs> up, how could you possibly begin to explain what your two hours was like? How did that conversation go? Uh... It's just, I just just told him just how I told you, you know, just. And what was his what was his reaction? Up my leg I mean, and, and showed him showed him my new socks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did, did you go clothe yourself? Get some warm clothes. Uh, yeah, I had to go get some dry stuff and. Uh, we, I guess. What did uh, what did the fire the fireman the off duty fireman? You said that he he was the one that jumped into the water. What did uh, did did you and he exchange anything? Did you guys talk afterwards, or was it kind of so chaotic that you just went your separate ways? Yeah, I know. You, uh, I know you said you said watch my back or whatever, but after that, yeah. Yeah, he just yeah he just said keep your eyes on me, and I said I got you, brother, and he just jumped in, uh, and then uh, when he came to shore, I pulled her out. And then uh, this other guy came in the water with me and grabbed the, the guy that jumped in and pulled him out. And then uh, when he crawled over to me, the first thing he said to me was that I did a good job. And I just, I was so confused by that. I, like, I looked at him and I was like, I didn't do anything to <laughs> Like, you're the one that jumped in. What are you doing? You know? And he's like, I wouldn't have went in if it wasn't for you. Like, Well, there you go. Uh, so it's I gotta give he's he's the one that he's the one that deserves the recognition for sure. Well, uh, and, um, and that and, and that's if, it, you know true. if he's a first if he's a first responder like that's you know that's what they're trained to do and and they get a they deserve a lot of respect for that and they uh, I, I don't know how they do it like it's I don't know how they do it every day. <laughs> Jeremy, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do know uh, from conversations that you had with Kevin earlier, etc., that um, you have had things go on in in your life that may have uh, been a been a catalyst to help you get involved or make you jump in and 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 help out today. Uh, and and I don't I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I think your story is, is an Im, important one, and that's why I just wanted to ask you uh, if you could tell us how you're doing and if you're comfortable telling us that part of the story, because I think there 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 may be, and I know uh, we don't know the status of this young woman. Uh, we have no idea, but there may be at some point in time a mental health. Um, connection uh, or conversation that may need to be had and I just wondered if you have any comments on that or if you, if you feel any connection to that 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, a few years ago, I was diagnosed myself with uh, PTSD. Uh, my wife passed away from cancer. Um, so, um, I don't think that had anything to do today with me being there. It was just I was there at the right time. The right, you know what I mean? It just I would. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure. Like I, I don't, I don't really know the reasons why what happened today. Like I, I don't want to jump to conclusion and say you know it was a mental health issue. Um, but people need to know that, like, you know, that is an issue, and they, they, they don't need to be afraid to talk about it. I know a lot of first responders, uh, a couple personally, that deal with the same thing I that I do, you know, with PTSD, and uh, just don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to to get help if you need it. Like it's it's a hard thing to deal with on your own. And, uh, well, thank you for that. Uh Jeremy, is your is your was your PTSD diagnosis related to your wife's death? Uh, yeah, just I, I I took care of her for the last few months of her life here at home, so uh, just just the things I had to do. Um, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope I hope none of our questions made you feel uncomfortable tonight because that was certainly not not our goal. No, no. Uh, how, 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 thank you. I just thank you. Uh, how are you and your son doing tonight? You guys okay? Oh yeah, we're all home, safe and, and warm. <laughs> okay. It's uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Just how life changes. I mean. You've probably dropped your, your son off for appointments many times over the years, but today is one that you'll never forget. You, do you think that what happened today is something that stays with you for the rest of your life? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm just, like I say, I'm happy we got her. I'm happy that guy was there to, to well, help. Okay. And... We hear um, we hear so many stories of um, desperate individuals that don't end uh, on a positive note. This one did, and uh, again, we don't want to make any conjectures about uh, what was going on with this young woman. All we know is uh, she ended up in the water, and uh, you and uh, another Niagara hero. Um, led to her survival and for that we thank you both and uh jeremy i i really hope uh, it's wonderful to meet you uh and i hope that uh you're able to deal with ever whatever you need to deal with um